Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Hello, George Fragopoulos, and hello, everybody else. It's Liam. Um, welcome to the first ever episode of a show that I'm tentatively calling Message to a Buster, <laughs> um, which is a fun little uh, fun little new segment that we're going to try where instead of uh, talking on the phone or talking via Skype, I record a message, send it to George, and he sends a response, and uh, that becomes an episode. And we thought, what better thing to start with than a new Batman comic that uh, came out this week that you might have heard about. Um, it's called Batman The Adventures Continue, and it is a new take on the Batman the Animated Series. But excitingly, it was written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, who played a major role in the original Batman the Animated Series. And the first issue's been out about a week. The second issue will come out next week. Um, So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that, and I would offer some thoughts to George, and um, he could respond. The first issue is called Hardware Part 1. And it begins with Batman taking down Bane, um, who he has um, given some kind of tranquilizer to. Um, it's a very, very quick opening. The art for the opening of this and for the entire issue, it looks a lot like the original Batman the Animated Series art, which is it's kind of nice to return to that, and it does feel really quite crisp. There's a little more detail in it than there was maybe in the original show because of the static nature of the images, but they're really good. And the beginning is fun. Um, It's kind of a throwback to the way we've always thought of Bane as kind of a meat-headed character until Nolan turned him into a philosophical... um, I don't even know how to describe it. So he takes down Bane and um, thinks his night is over, but a robot attacks Wayne Enterprises. And um, Batman tries to stop this robot, but is unable to. And the robot makes off with some kind of energy device, which we later find out in a scene with Alfred, which, guys, no one told me Alfred died in the comic books. I was reading a review of this issue, and they were saying that um, that Alfred died in the regular run of the show, um, which 
I didn't know that, but they were saying it's good to have him back in this. So Alfred died, didn't know. Um, but it turns out it's a piece of alien hardware that has been stolen by this robot that Superman brought to Wayne Enterprises, brought to Batman. Um, and they're trying to figure out what it was. Uh, this leads to a scene where Batman, sorry, Bruce Wayne attends a cocktail party at a place called the Cloud Nine. There's a nice little bit where Alfred talks about um, the suit he's going to wear, which is a merino wool and cashmere uh, uh, jacket with a subtle blue stripe, um, which sounds sounds nice. Um, Bruce Wayne goes to this party. He is uh, approached by a woman named Veronica with whom he has a former entanglement. And um, she and he are then interrupted by Lex Luthor. So this is a good time to pause and talk about how this series isn't just relying on the, apparently it's not relying on the original characters, and it is more um, kind of expanding outside the reign of the original Batman animated series. So Jason Todd, who um, is the Red Hood, I believe, in the comic books, shows up in this episode, and it's very surprising to see Lex Luthor looking much like he does on the the animated uh, universe. He shows up later in the issue, um, and he and Bruce have a millionaire tete-a-tete. I like these scenes. I like the early scenes with the robot quite a bit, um, but I have to say my favorite stuff in comic books are dialogue scenes because I find comic book action stuff to just not be as interesting as the moving image. Um, but I like this bit because it's sort of a millionaire tete-a-tete, and um, Luthor mentions that uh, he hasn't been able to be in touch with Superman, Superman has had a fight on the far side of the moon, and um, we never find out what that's about, at least in this issue. But um, it's kind of an interesting it's moment. It's also kind of, I like that it's sometimes these comics play with the tension of Lex Luthor and Superman. I think that that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, there's a nice little tete-a-tete. They go back and forth. Uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, is unable to reach Clark Kent. So... Instead, he goes to investigate investigate an airfield where he believes is a good spot for someone to hide a giant robot with a stolen vault. He goes there, he takes out a guard, and he finds that, he finds the robot, he finds the vault, and he is attacked by a mysterious figure who ends up being Lex Luthor in a some kind of superhero suit. I kind of remember this suit from the action figure I had as a kid. And it ends with um, Batman in the clutches of Luthor. And issue two is called In the Clutches of Luthor. Um, I thought this was a... I would give this like a three and a half, three out of five start for the series. Um, I liked that we got Bruce Wayne the Bachelor for a moment. I liked that it begins with action. I liked that Bane shows up. You know, I read it twice and... I don't know, sometimes um, short, I like to read long stretches of comic book in one go. I sometimes feel like I read a comic and I'm like, that's it? Okay. But I'm going to keep reading this. Um, You know, it hits on some of the, like the classic Batman stuff, like Bruce the Bachelor, his sort of um, slightly antagonistic uh, relationship with Alfred. And it was cool to see Lex Luthor and um, Jason Todd show up. And I'm curious to see where they go with all of that. Uh, So yeah, three stars, three out of five, pretty good. Going to read the second issue. Um, And it's nice to be able to revisit the 
Batman the Animated Series in a new kind of exciting uh, way that we can go week to week with. It's a really rich area and it makes me want to go back and watch the show. Okay, that's it. Uh, George, love to hear your thoughts and um, I'm sure you'll find it reactionary. Bye. Liam. Liam Bellingham. How's it going? This is day... 725 of quarantine uh, i'm not really sure what's happening outside as i've not left my apartment in a couple of years and yeah um there might be something resembling human civilization outside my front door but until i step outside and check i can't help but what i do know is that i did read this comic so again this is my response to you asking me to read this the new adventures of batman or batman the new adventures whatever it's called um and sending you a brief response and this is that response so i kind of sent you a somewhat facetious somewhat flirtatious if you don't mind me saying text message saying that this comic book kind of confused me and i stick by that and everybody by the way should listen to liam's response first because he does an excellent job of kind of quickly going over the plot but what I meant by that was reading this, my first kind of question was why this comic book now? In other words, why return to the aesthetic of the animated series and do as such through the lens of the comic? Now, from my understanding is that there was another kind of spin-off Batman title back in the maybe the 90s or um, one that coincided, I guess, more synchronously or contemporaneously with the animated series. So that kind of made sense. And it's also kind of made sense to me because when I was reading comics way back in the day, not to date myself, but there seemed to be more of an industry to it. There seemed to be more of a kind of, well, from my, I mean, at least from my understanding of it, that it used to be big bucks. And that recently that's become less and less of a thing. So that, for example, the modification of comic book, intellectual properties is now kind of obviously turning everything into films or tv shows and that's where the big money is and then nobody reads comics or nobody reads comics as they did let's say 25 years ago i could of course be wrong about that i'm not saying nobody reads it obviously there's still a market but that there was a huge contraction of that market maybe like in the late 90s early aughts and again i could be talking out of my ass but i would really love to hear people comment on that so one thing, for example, that I had in mind is that there used to be, you know, like, for example, with Batman, like four or five or six Batman titles running at one time. And from my understanding, I think that that kind of um, multiplicity of titles has slowed down. So reading this, I was like, this is kind of interesting because obviously it's more cheaper and it's easier to produce a comic than it is a single episode of a new animated series. But I was like, why the nostalgia for it? And by the way, it did make me feel nostalgic. Reading this was a bit of fun. It did get me away from thinking about civilizational collapse for about 10, minute, 10 minutes. So that was good. It felt a little bit like a warm hug. Returning to young George Fragopoulos, maybe being 10 or 11 watching the animated series and absolutely loving it. It also reminded me of how we did that episode of the animated series about a year ago. Or not a year ago. What am I saying? Back in December. My God, December feels so fucking far ago far away but when we did that episode but with uh christmas with the joker and i was like this is not very good this is just kind of somewhat obnoxious and maybe it was the episode 
maybe it was me at that moment. But yeah, so returning to the, so returning to this and reading this, I was like, why, why this comic book now? And I don't have an answer to that question, by the way. I'm just really curious about it. The other weird aesthetic choices or decision, and I think there are multiple in this. So for example, the use of Bane in the first, literally like the first two or three panels and like that's it. So he appears and then he quickly disappears. And I'm not saying that, I mean, I don't fucking care. I'm not beholden to a certain kind of image of the character that has to be upheld, but it just seemed really weird to like introduce him and then just as quickly remove him from the storyline. And maybe he'll come back later. I don't know, but it just seemed like a really weird decision. The decision to have a robot as I guess the main villain was kind of cool, at least for this issue. And it did have this kind of like retro 1950s robot feel to it. And that I, I was digging. I was like, I really like the artwork. I really like how angular it is, how noirish it is. That really kind of drew me in. But the Luther stuff also was just kind of, again, weird. I'm assuming it's setting up a Superman visit later on in the series. But I was like, that's kind of an interesting choice. And maybe, again, it's like as you said, it's supposed to kind of some sort of way bring up issues regarding billionaire conflict. Maybe, perhaps. I don't really know if this series is going to say anything interesting about class warfare or class consciousness. It might. But I'm not going to use the R word that Liam wants me to use to describe this. But I am curious to see what it might do with the tension between Luther and Batman. Sure, following that. But again, it just seemed a little bit weird to me. Liam seemed to suggest that it was a, that you see Jason Todd very briefly, um, or that Jason Todd is in this, and he is maybe for a panel. I don't know if it was Jason Todd or is it Dick Grayson? Is it is it Robin? It's a, one of the Robins, maybe. So does this take place also in a universe where there isn't a Robin yet, or we're transitioning from one Robin to another? I don't know. I'm confused. Alfred's in this. He uh, mispronounces Cosa Nostra as Costa Nostra, which regrettable typo the dc editors missed one and yeah as um liam said the part that works probably best is the tete-a-tete between him and luther i didn't mind actually the action sequences and i don't think liam did either but they were fun yeah again the artwork was interesting it was really cool to look at it was really vibrant i read it on my macbook so the colors were really vibrant the um yeah again it was just kind of um it felt like a return or an or kind of um it was saturated with a lot of nostalgia for me reading this but again that didn't necessarily make me in any sort of way i think maybe really value this or think that it was good (laughs) sorry that sounds really specific but it was definitely fun i think i might read another issue especially if liam is down for reading another issue and yeah, those are my feelings. So again, I was a little bit confused. Or maybe I was a lot of confused. I was a lot of confused. I would love to potentially hear from some of our fans, perhaps via angry tweets or hate mail, about some of the things that I said in regards to the comic book industry and about, let's say, the contraction of it or the contraction of the amount of publications that were coming out, again, in the like mid to late 90s and to the early aughts and about where the industry might actually stand now, and perhaps a relationship, again, between the printed material, 
which again is becoming more and more obviously um, not the standard because I'm assuming more of these things that are being read on tablets and on computer screens or on phones than ever before and that you're more likely I think to read them in that way than you would um, by just going out to a comic book store and buying a actual physical comic book. So I think I'm just really kind of curious about, yeah, I guess about the state of the industry and about what this particular comic might say about that, if anything. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. Again, I've been indoors for so fucking long, as we all have. So thank you for listening, Liam. Sending my love across the continent and talk to you soon. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye.